This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Hello, yes, this is Silence in Literacy. Silence in Literacy! Silence in the in the literacy, please. I feel like you almost screwed up saying literacy. I there. did. Yeah. I did, absolutely. I I was trying to say library and literacy at the same time, <laughs> because usually you hear silence in the library. Yes. Uh, but then my, uh, I, guess, I guess I just think too much. I think so. It's or your brain works faster than your mouth can speak. I would say that's true. My parents and sister would probably say that's true as well. Probably. Well, the one that thinks faster than he speaks is Luke, and the one criticising is me, Jill. <laughs> the bully. The bu- <laughs> I'm not is, a bully. This is bullying in the workplace. <laughs> well, not really, because you don't work here. It's your workplace. Yeah, but you don't work it, here. It is a workplace, it and you are bullying, workplace. therefore, it is bullying in the workplace. <laughs> No, please don't report us, people. Today Luke does in, like me. I today promise. on a study in literacy, logical gymnastics. <laughs> <laughs> it's been one of those days, everyone. It's it's one of those weeks and yeah. everything. Yeah, but anyway, to start with, we're going to finish <clears throat> off what we were finishing off with last time, mm. which is the neologisms. Yes. Uh, we First, I want to go over a couple of corrections. <laughs> Nice. I want to go over a couple of corrections, just so you know, set the record straight. I know we're pretty chill on here, but I don't, you know, let's correct where we can, though. E- yeah, even with how chill we are, I never want to be giving out just outright false information. Oh no! It's um, so like philanderer for one. Um, turns out I'm full of bleep. I'd just like to say Jill was right Jill for was, Jill once, was right. and it was like recorded. But yeah, absolutely. Except, you know, I went back on it. I was well. I was. I was super iffy about it as well i yep. didn't know for sure but your uh, reasoning made a lot of sense yeah it made a lot of sense yeah. to me yeah but ultimately <laughs> luke was wrong a philanderer yep. is not a nice person no a philanderer is a very very awful no good terrible person yeah don't be a philanderer be a philanthropist yes. don't be a philanderer they should be on like bumper stickers and t-shirts and whatnot yeah honestly philanderer makes me think of a um uh, uh, a fish, a fish salesman. A because fish for salesman. some reason, I think of filleting. So I think, oh yeah, a philanderer is someone who has something to do with filleting fish. When I hear flander, the start of it, I think of Flanders Field with all the poppies growing. I think of Hadley who Nairuni. <laughs> Did you know that there's a a death metal band called uh, Oakley Dokley? Oh, and, and that they, is such a good they, name. They all dress up as Ned Flanders, <laughs> and they all call different things like uh, like Dead Ned, Sid Ned, Bed Ned, and stuff like that. I and like their it. first album was called, I think their first album was called something like Hidely Who. That's pretty cool. But it's it's a death metal band. <laughs> I feel like, like to me, it, the, those names and stuff make it sound like it should be like a folk band or something. They toured here in 2019, I think. I think they actually came to here to New Zealand, which was pretty cool. Uh, they came to, um, uh, they went to the Cabana in Napier. Hmm. Uh, I was not, nice. uh, I was not present, unfortunately. 
So the story ends here. The story does end there. Uh, but the other correction I wanted to make is to do with the neologisms. Quick recap, a neologism is a term that is, it's basically a new word that becomes part of the social lexicon of language. Yep. Uh, things like um, the one that I'm talking about, uh, cyberspace, that was made, uh, that was uh, printed, it was come up with by William Gibson, who wrote the novel Neuromancer. Uh, he originally used it in a short story years prior, but it was popularized with his with the the cyberpunk origin just about uh, neuromancer. Uh, I thought that it had been released in like the early seventies that it was some sort of uh, very wide view of the future. Turns out it was actually released in nineteen eighty four. Oh. So a lot a lot later. Yeah, well, not a lot later, a bit later. Well, in terms of technology. Yeah, uh, that's it, true. Actually. It certainly had a lot more time for uh, for him to yeah, he wasn't form quite his as ideas. onto it and guessing <laughs> stuff as you thought. Yeah. Uh, so the some of the other uh, neologisms that we didn't get to go into last episode: workaholic, workaholic. Yeah, I always just assumed that it had always been around. That's right, and that's the fun of these things. You think that they've always been around, but yeah. no, they weren't. Uh, it was coined by Dr. Wayne Oates in his 1971 book. Uh, he wrote a book called Confessions of a Workaholic, The Facts About Work Addiction. Oh, there's, there's actually such a thing as work addiction. That's workahol- workaholism. You know, but I know like, we say people are workaholics because they work like, always because, at work. Because we treat it like a ha-ha funny. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a real actual thing that causes <sighs> to uh, pain and stress and sometimes death. Oh, sit. Just wow. like any kind of addiction. Uh, the the suffix holic, of course, yeah. um, denotes addiction. Uh, Oates viewed work as a kind of addiction as well. And as um, the medical field has progressed, uh, psychology has progressed over the years, uh, it's a real thing yeah. that people d- can suffer from. It's crazy. I, I know a couple of people who are like that. I consider myself to be somewhat that way because uh, you, you've experienced me in those in those periods of time over the past couple of years that we've known each other where I've just totally burned out. Yeah. Because I've just been working. I've taken no yes. time off. And I've ju- because I've just totally thrown myself into my work to the detriment of myself. Yeah. And sometimes your social life. Yes, correct. I'm uh, definitely not that person. I love it that I can leave work at work and just go home. Yeah. Hopefully early some days. Hopefully. That's, you're preaching to a very large choir. Yeah. <laughs> so the next yeah. one we have is uh, Twitter. Twitter. Like, I knew that that was not always a word. It doesn't come from where you think it is. I was going to say. It's, it's not because of Twitter.com. No. It uh, comes from Geoffrey Chaucer. An English poet and author from which century do, do you think 15, it's from? No, the 1500s, so the 16th century. The 15th century. Huh. 15th century it comes from. Uh, it relates to the onomatopoeia for a bird twitting. Twitting. Because, yeah, it, it twits, it twitters. I'm not quite convinced that my English teacher would have allowed that had <laughs> I put it in an essay. Well, in the 15th century, that's what they would say. The oh. birds twitted. I was just a few centuries too late. Yeah, and has origins in which a bird twitters from Chaucer uh, in in thirteen seventy four, and when a person twitters, which meant in fifteen thirty to tattletale. Oh yes. So when I can a person twitters, uh, they were they were a tattletale. 
See, to me, if a person twitters, it's when they do that really stupid hype, it's like, hee 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 kind of laugh. Mm. That's what it makes me think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get that. Uh, and lastly, we have, and I've got to get the uh, pronunciation right, Yahoo. Yahoo. Not Yahoo, as in like, Yahoo. Yahoo. <laughs> do you remember that? No, I don't. It's the original um, uh, sound, the sort of jingle for Yahoo.com. Wait, they had a jingle? Yeah. It, w- it was just uh, the. W- so it was along with an animation because it was, you know, yeah. computer generation. They also they had a bunch of e cards, which were really oh, cool. Oh, I remember e cards. American greetings. Do you I remember re- that? I don't remember the Yahoo ones, but I remember e cards and sending yep. them on people's birthdays. And you'd so like go cool. through like all of these different ones to find the perfect one yep. for that person. They were super cool. And now we just send a text that and says happy if it birthday. Was, or, or a Facebook happy birthday yeah. or something like that. <laughs> But what, or you tag on someone else's Facebook. Yeah, oh yeah, right. happy birthday. Yeah, I totally remember. <laughs> it's like when it's like when someone has uh, shouted dinner or lunch, and yeah. then someone else says, "Oh, thank you so much for this," and you go, "Oh yeah, 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 thank you so much." <laughs> I always try to be the first person because I'm I'm terrified of being seen as just glomming on yeah. to yeah. someone else doing it. I uh, a few years back, I removed the birthday alert for myself on facebook so no one's alerted when it's my birthday and the amount of people the first year they were like oh my god facebook didn't tell me it was your birthday so i didn't know i didn't happy birthday you and it's like you know that wasn't facebook that was me because i was curious as to how many of you actually knew when it was i yeah over time i will remember uh people's things people's birthdays but i do not use facebook as that metric anymore if you see me within a month of my birthday i'm telling you when my birthday is so you'll be reminded at least four times i uh i have i went to great trouble a couple of months ago i think just piling birthday dates into my phone calendar Mm. uh, yours being one of them yes just so that because i think i missed it well, I didn't miss it last year. You had your own plans. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I hope I intend not to miss it this year. I don't think. It's a stupid <laughs> Monday this year. I oh. mean, Mondays aren't stupid. They're just not ideal for having a birthday on them. All, all days where you have to work are stupid. Yeah, I'm always torn. Like, do you work on your birthday, in which case there are people there to say happy birthday to you, or do you take it off so you can do your own thing, but then there's no one there to wish you happy birthday? Well, my work, and I, I believe that every organization across the world should adopt this my uh my uh job uh we have now implemented that you get your birthday off nice yep and i think that every single business everywhere and then they should, should give you the that. choice some people don't care and yeah want sure give, give you the choice but yeah it, most people i think if they don't care about their birthday they'll go a, a day off? I know. Awesome. Sure, I'll take that one. Don't get wasted. <laughs> <laughs> I have to decide what on, I'm going to do on family-friendly, fr- non-alcoholic beverages. Yeah, we're going to get wasted on the fun of life. Yeah. Those people who say, uh, "I don't," uh, I'm I'm high on life. No, I I just want to slap them. <laughs> I think those people are in great denial of reality. Yeah. Well, I I think they're just more optimistic. I'm totally the opposite. I mean, I know plenty, I know a few people who are genuinely, they're just happy people. Mm. They're just really energetic. I'm not. (laughs) No. I'm not. I have a very different view of things. I'm quite optimistic, usually very unrealistically optimistic. Mm. But the people that love me somehow care enough to make my unrealism 
come true. My, I, I have, I'm a total realist. Yeah, I just I go full realism. Be, yeah. I don't have much optimism. I just go, do we have proof of this thing that it's going to... I would have made a great scientist if I paid attention in school. <laughs> I mean, there's that one small catch there, isn't yeah. there? I think I would have made a great scientist. I think I still could, but I have other things to worry about at the I'd moment. I'd make a terrible scientist because I don't care so much about the answer. I just think, oh... Could that be possible? I'm going to pretend it is. Cool, I, let's have fun. I do love the fantasy of that. And that's sort of what scientists do. They take those, they take a hypothesis and go, I wonder if it can work. Yeah, but then if it doesn't, it kind of shatters all my dreams. Well, that's that's what scientists enjoy. They go, oh, what, it didn't... shattering people's dreams? No, well, I mean, <laughs> some of them might. But usually they they would go, okay, so that didn't work. I bet there's another way that we can oh, make it work. Yeah, because they keep trying and That's trying, right. like, years. Even things that have been proven to have happened, someone comes along years later and goes, I'm going to repeat it with this variable to see yeah. if... And that's a scientific method. If it can hold up to many different variables... Um, yeah, I love the scientific method. I use mm. it in my everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, to my detriment. <laughs> <laughs> you That's, might need to add just a smidge of unrealistic optimism in. I, just in like, like one little tiny part a week maybe go, let's just randomly dream. That's what, uh, that's what my friends are for. They are the optimism that I inject <laughs> into my veins of life. I like it. Okay. Uh, don't do drugs. So, <laughs> do have friends. So back to the Yahoo thing. Um, so yeah, that little noise would play yep. at the start of all those e-cards I might go searching for e-cards after this so for anyone who has read the 1726 satirical fantasy by Jonathan Swift do you know which book I'm talking about? Gulliver's Travels oh I I don't know the book I've never read it Uh, you may remember creatures which appear in the story named yahoos which Hmm. were depicted as primitive cruel creatures with materialistic attitudes and they were called Yahoos, and that has now become... You hear it, I think, more in American language mm. than... I suppose oh, you do. You hear people being referred to as Yahoos, yep. don't Oh, you? look at that Yahoo over there. I uh, wouldn't. I don't know if I'd necessarily have said that I would associate the word with materialistic people. But here. I do with the young, stupid people. Yeah, I... I would associate I ne- I've never used the term until no. today I've never used it in this context but I would uh, if I were to use it yeah I would associate it with when I think of it in this I go yeah someone who's being really ridiculous yeah. and crazy and running yeah, around a bit reckless like, oh those yahoos yeah it's an interesting thing to uh, to think about. Just the fact that all of these come from like the fifteenth century, sixteenth century things that They've been around forever. Yeah, as, as we say, things that have been around for so long, they sort of like um, we talked about factoid mm. things that have been repeated so often that we think it's true. This is similar to that, where it's been repeated so often we think that it's always yeah. been. It's funny how many of them have kind of. They don't necessarily mean the same thing they originally did now. That's right. It's like we've altered their meaning yeah. with the incoming use of technology. Yep. It's kind of twisted it. When someone says, I'm going I'm going to tweet, yep. it's got a whole different context to yeah. it. Uh, it's still kind of... It's similar to this, uh, to the original thing, because you are saying something. It is to do with... Um, portraying language and mm. uh, putting it out there. 
but it doesn't necessarily mean uh, to be a tattletale, although <laughs> wow. uh, there are plenty of people out there who make it their business. Yeah, and I mean, some of the retweets that go on yes. are just tattling tailing in a way. It's a lot of fun to, uh, to watch the trending hashtags sometimes. Oh NZ Hellhole, by the way, still trends still every trends. few days. Every few days I see it pop up. Wow. It's great because it really shows how much New Zealanders love sat- satire. Yeah. Because yeah. it's people taking pictures of uh, of Mount Taranaki. Basically and just all these, beautiful stuff. All these amazing places and going, oh yeah, I love a New Zealand hellhole. Yeah. Oh, Fox <laughs> News, you were right. <laughs> uh, it is quite fun though. It's great. So you, so you, so that's neologisms. Woo! Uh, everyone go out and look some up. Yeah. Um, hope you learned something with that little awesomeness. Yeah. And even if you didn't, I hope you had a good time. Yeah. We did. We so did. you you did some more prep. I did some more Third prep. Third time in a row. Yep. Um, once again on the Nerd Daily. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is a guest post written by an author. And it's how to tell if one of your co-workers is an alien. And I just thought, I mean, you can't not share this goodness with everyone. Mm. Mm. We should uh, we should queue up the X Files theme, although we'd, we'd I'm do- I have Doctor it. Who going in my head. Doctor. That thing. I was trying to think of remember what the X Files theme was, <laughs> but all I could think of was Ooh. yeah. That's all I've got. I can't remember what the X Files theme is. I do. My old housemate absolutely hates it. She loves horror, but she's terrified of aliens. Terrified. Terrified. I would. <laughs> I went out to get some hot chips one day, and I came back, and I had the Exiles theme ready on my phone. No. And she was sitting on the couch, and I came no. in, and I was like, "All right, here they are." And as I was standing behind her. I played it, and she freaked out. It was great. Oh, it's so mean. Yeah. I'm not. See, I'm not scared of aliens because I don't think they exist. Mm-hmm. However, I don't like the Doctor Who episode with the weeping angels because you mm. can't prove. That when you're not looking at something, it doesn't move. Because you're not looking at it. You yep. actually can't prove it. So I that freaks me out. Fa- second favourite episode, actually. What's your favourite? Uh, Midnight. Which one's that one? Midnight is my all-time favourite new Doctor Who episode. Uh, and there have been a lot of good episodes. There's um, been a lot of good episodes. Blink yes. being one of them. Yeah. But Blink is plays second fiddle for me. Uh, only to Midnight because Midnight... So Midnight is the one where uh, he... It's during uh, the Donna saga. I didn't see any I of think, those. I think it's Donna. And the Doctor goes... They're at this resort. Mm. Sort of like an uh, like a space resort. And uh, you can't look outside because it's like a blinding light. And, but they are gorgeous crystal formations and everything. And uh, Donna decides to stay and um, exfoliate and get all this wonderful treatment. And the doctor says, well, I'm going to go and have a look, check out these uh, crystal formations and things like that. And he's on this train. And uh, it has the, the train drivers up front. And they have the shutters up, and they have protections over them so that the sun... Because I think the sun blinds you or something. Yeah. Uh, the light from the crystals that's reflected. I haven't seen it for years. But they they, they do the old... Did you, did you see that? Something move, like off in the distance. Like Ooh, really far off in the distance. Yeah. And that's what got my attention. I was like, okay, we've got what? a little bit, little bit more horror than sci-fi in here. Because yeah. Doctor Who has plenty of sci-fi horror. It does. But it's very rarely more one than the other. 
but this like the Weeping Angels is definitely more horror, like bigger chunk of yeah. horror than sci-fi. Yeah, it's got that science fictiony aliens, but thing. not a lot of like the horror is the main part of the episode. Correct. It's very rare that horror plays the biggest part, which I think is why Weeping Angels, because it was executed so well, it made horror sci-fi kind of popular again. Yeah. Because yep. there have there've been films, uh, Alien, the mm. original Alien, 1980-something, whenever the hell that came yeah, out. ages back. Uh, that was a huge thing for horror cinema. Yep. So this one has, uh, has the guys, they shut the shutters, and I can't remember exactly what happens. It's this, it's like, um, it's not so much about the creature, it's got some sort of mimetic virus that it insinuates itself into your consciousness and it starts to erase yours that's intriguing uh and swap itself from its form into yours yours. and of course it wants the the doctor yep well who wouldn't and it makes it it's so well done i don't know how many takes they must have had taken um one it solidifies tenant as one of my top uh, actors of all time because he does this great job of he's the doctor mm-hmm. but he's afraid Ooh. he's actually run into something that he, he's not normally normally he's just like yeah, yeah whatever i that, can handle it that he's he's trying to quote-unquote fight this thing but he doesn't know how he has no idea and how do you fight something that's in you that's right and so it's 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 got a lot of psychological horror yeah that's a big part of it where the the passengers on the show the train has stopped it's been forced to a stop uh someone uh i think gets desperate or something and opens the door and the thing whatever it is gets in and it starts to infect people hmm. and it the the scary the scary part about it which is why the acting was so cool to watch is that it was mimicking speech and then as it, it keeps doing it, uh, there's the, one of the people who's been sort of possessed. And they, they keep copying one other person. And everyone's free. you like, stop it, stop it, stop copying me. And then suddenly the, the infected person says something. And then the other person says something. So it's like it's stealing their voice. And it's slowing them down. Mm. And, it's ta- and it's stealing them. And then it starts doing it to the doctor. And he's already said, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm the doctor. Like I'm super smart. I'm yeah, so I can stop everything." And and everyone on the on the train is freaking out. They have no idea what's going on, and they he's it's very clearly affecting him. And they start saying, "Get rid of him. He's he brought it here," and so he's about to be tossed out where he's gonna die from the crazy radiation outside. Uh, and I can't remember exactly how it ends, but amazing episode. Doctor Who, Midnight, go watch it. So it's good. so good. I love it. Uh, I have not watched any Donna episodes other than the one where she runs away from her wedding because I don't like Catherine Tate. Oh, interesting. All. And I know, like, every time someone tells me about this amazing sounding Doctor Who episode, I'm like, yeah, but it's got. It's a Donna one. Donna in it. <laughs> I haven't seen it, and I just. It's painful to try and watch I... it. I. Much like everyone on the planet, I loved Billy Piper mm. and Martha. Oh, Martha was so good. I was hoping they were going to do a unit spin-off. That's what I was hoping for. And I thought that they would. And then Torchwood had these. And I was like, well, surely if mm. Torchwood's there, there's got to be a 
unit one. Kyla has a super cool story about a, about Martha as a companion, but I'll let her tell it when she comes and joins yes. us next time. Yeah, I uh, liked Amy Pond. Yeah, as well. oh, she was brilliant. She was brilliant. Karen, Clara. Karen, is it Gillian Gillen? I think it's Gillen. Fantastic actress. Um, Clara was probably my favourite all time. She was, I think she was the quirkiest. Yeah, I liked she her. She was a sort of, um, she was, as in terms of personality, she was the most childlike, I think, but yep. was also very intelligent yep. and m- she was most doctor-like. I feel like she gave the doctor a good run for his money yes, as I agree. well, and like because she was so unpredictable, you didn't quite know what. That's was what happen. was fun about it, and because she would outsmart him sometimes, and yeah. he would go, "How did you think of that? I should have thought of that. Why yeah. didn't I think of that?" Yeah, <laughs> I I do love River Song as well. Yes. She was yep. always very, very I, Whenever well I saw that she's going to be on an episode, I'd be like, ah, yay! <laughs> she was the, she was always in the spotlight for the trailer for the episode. Yeah. They would show a brief flash yeah. and have a little line from her, and that would immediately skyrocket the ratings yep. of the episode. Yeah. I should probably read some Doctor Who fan fiction or something. Kyla has written some. Yeah, I was going to say, because I remember Kyla talking about it, yeah. and it's just, I keep thinking, oh, yes, look that up, and the, then I never the, do. The mild spoiler for, for Kyla's story is that Martha is the least popular companion of the new Doctor Who. Mm. Everyone absolutely hated, uh, not absolutely, but she was the, the least liked. Why is she so unpopular? Um, it, I th- it's because she was written as sort of like a pining character, she she wanted to be with the Doctor, but it was right after Rose, and mm. there was that whole thing. It was sort of like a triangle. And, and like, no one was going to replace the Rose. The complaint was that Martha's character, because I'm not going to say the actress, because she's mm. just doing what she was... She played the part well. She, she was just... Yeah, and that's where I thought she performed well. She was a yeah. great actress uh, and acted very, very well. But the com- one of the major complaints was that she was too whiny. It would have been written that way, surely. Which, and that it was written that way, uh, which, again, it doesn't reflect on the actress, it no. reflects on the writing. Yes, but um, people sometimes don't seem to be able to separate the actor nuts. with the part. But uh, yeah, Kyla uh, was able to uh, do something with that. Make her a little bit more in, loved. In terms of uh, fan fiction. But yeah. Anyway, so um, coming off that absolute tangent (laughs) it was a good tangent what have you got Uh, so as said I think I said before how to tell if one of your co-workers is an alien (laughs) Uh, the post was by author C.K. McDonnell I think it's Donnell or Donnell Donnell maybe McDonnell it's Irish anyway Mm. Um, he is a former stand-up comedian he's written some TV show stuff and he's now become an author as of 2016 hmm. so I thought I'd read this in his words because they are quite funny and okay. me trying to paraphrase it would not be can quite as good can you do an Irish voice? no please? no <laughs> I thought I could do a Scottish one and then my Scottish friend said what the hell is that? Oh, and I was like no. oh apparently it's not a Scottish accent I, I played a uh, because we talked about Neuromancer, we mentioned Neuromancer last episode. Uh, a friend of mine is hugely into Neuromancer and Cyberpunk, and I sent him the timestamp of uh, of the bit where we mention it. And he said, "Your co-host sounds like she rides a kangaroo to work." <laughs> I'm not Australian, I promise. He's he he's American, oh. so there's a little bit of there's a little you know there's plenty of comedy yeah. in there he knows that yeah yeah it's, it's quite fun thanks mate i i'm mate yeah i'm con- yeah i'm considered the hobbit 
uh, in in our online friendship. Yeah. yeah. I live in the Shire. That's all right. That means you get to have lots of breakfasts. Yes. Yeah, and I wouldn't complain about that. Levensies, second yeah. breakfast, afternoon I'm tea. pretty sure they don't eat as much in the afternoon and evening as they do in the morning, which fits me because I eat breakfast and like another snack mm. and then morning tea, then another snack, yeah. and then a snack, then lunch, and then it's like, till dinner, I'm fine. Yeah. Well, I do snack in the afternoon as well. <laughs> I finally cracked open my peanut satay sauce last week. Oh, absolutely Yum. amazing. So no sauces go buy some. We're not sponsored, but they're really no, good. No, just go for it. <laughs> um, so anyway, here is his introduction. Mm. Um, it's the age-old question people have been asking themselves for years. Is my colleague an advanced scout from an extraterrestrial race, or is it just a bit weird? It's always tricky as it's easy to misconstrue innocent character traits as signs that they are hatching nefarious plans to eat everyone's brains, impregnate them with eggs, enslave us and make us build pyramids. Well, don't worry, we have you covered. Here are some simple series of questions to address once and for all if Keith from Accounts is a monster in a skin suit or just a guy who enjoys wacky neckwear to an unhealthy degree. I yep. really don't know where this guy works, but it sounds intriguing. <laughs> that's, that's oddly specific. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, so number one, first question, how happy are they? If the hmm. subject comes into work on a Monday morning and seems genuinely cheerful, this is a bad sign. Humans have an inherent understanding that whatever job they have is a punishment visited upon them for something awful they did in a past life. Mm-hmm. Someone apparently enjoying it is grounds for suspicion. It is, however, worth checking if they smell of booze or are stealing from the company, as those are also two possible alternative explanations. Stealing from the company makes you happy. I See, I don't think it would make me happy. I think it would make me really, like, sketching, going, oh, my God, oh, my God, will they know, do they know? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, can, I can feel the satire yeah. in, the, in the initial statement. Mm-hmm. I love it. I also think if you smell of booze on a Monday morning, you're probably not just been drinking. You're probably quite hungover and therefore probably not happy. I, I went out drinking with some friends and we'd had like whiskey and everything on, I think it was a Thursday evening. Uh, and I went home uh, like 10 o'clock was the cutoff. I think I was, I don't know, 17, something like that. Uh, and I, I showered when I got home and then I showered in the morning got to school oh they knew yeah they all because they told me mm. all of my friends were like you smell like yeah and i went oh no because if they could smell me the mm-hmm. teachers could mm-hmm. smell it mm-hmm. <laughs> and again i showered when i got yep. home the evening morning yep. i scrubbed the it's, heck out of it it sticks around it, a while it hung on yeah so i just smelled like whiskey for a hot, <laughs> for a friday <laughs> why not i mean they have casual Fridays. Maybe they have smell of whiskey Fridays and we yep. just don't know. If, if teachers can wear mufti, we can drink mufti. I don't know where <laughs> no, I was going No, no point in that one. So what's question um, two? So question two to tell if your co-worker is an alien. Mm. How good are their senses? While aliens may look like us, they are highly unlikely to share the same senses as us. One definite telltale sign is, does the subject use a microwave in the kitchen to heat up fish? If they do, they are 100% not only an alien, but also definitely from a hostile culture. Oh, no. <laughs> you are well within your rights to terminate them, or at the very least, steal their stapler. Another clue is if they drink the coffee provided and say things like, hmm, that's as good as anything available in a shop. Here's a question. When he says terminate, <laughs> um, what, does that mean fire them or fire at them? 
Well, when you hear question five, I, oh, yes. I think it might mean terminate, terminate, not <laughs> just fire. Okay. I can agree with anyone who microwaves fish, period. Yeah, I think... <laughs> There's something wrong with you. I mean, I, I microwave fish, but I do it at home. Yeah, I don't. Right. I wouldn't do it at work. And I mean, opening a can of fish to put on your heated up rice from the microwave is smelly enough. Have you heard of that? I think it's a Swedish delicacy. It's that fish in a can where it's, I don't know if it's a rumour or just one of those factoids where it's apparently illegal to open it in the open air. I have a Swedish friend and I'm really tempted to text her and find uh, out. uh, Yeah, uh, I keep thinking of um, Simon. (laughs) <laughs> to ask him about it. It's Danish or Dutch It's probably or one of those things that if it is, no one actually knows because it's one yeah, of those laws that has been buried. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, it's a Scandinavian thing mm. where uh, it's so foul. The smell is so awful that uh, to prepare it, the tin of it is opened underwater. Oh, wow. And then they, they transfer it because... It smells so awful, but apparently it is absolutely delicious. Can say, who cans this stuff in the first place? Surely your factory must just be horrible. But this is, it's just how the fish smells. And it is a fish. What sort of fish is it? I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. Like a half fact, I'm sure it would auto-complete for you if you just typed in really stinky fish from Scandinavia. Yeah, I did figure it out. Yeah. All right, so number three for how to tell if your coworker is an alien. Mm. What's their attitude to business speak? Mm. 90% of all business terminology has actually been introduced as a device to alert staff to the presence of alien intruders. So when management says something like, I think we need to drill down to the core deliverables to make sure we're providing a 360-degree synergetic experience for the customer. The core deliverables. Yeah. You need to observe the subject closely. If they do not repeat the phrase within an hour of the meeting, ending in a mocking voice while pulling flat faces and possibly doing hand gestures, they're either an alien or at the very least someone you should definitely not invite on any nights out. Sarcasm has proven to be an entirely human invention. It's what we did while other life films were developing the ability to travel at life speed or those other cool replicated things on Star Trek. Of course. Of course. Of course. We got sarcasm down. We, we allow the aliens to develop light speed yeah because we were busy doing sarcasm we are we are such a generous species we are actually and i mean looking at this we're letting quite a few of them hang out and work in our workplaces as well number four how is their chit chat are they able to fully engage in the general office banter Watch out for unusual questions such as, Hey guys, I don't know about anyone else, but I feel like I'm just so full of organs. Do we really need them all? (laughs) Also, when politics comes up, do they ever say anything like, I know, this government is a joke. How would we all feel about being governed by somebody from a far, far away, but who would re-nationalise the railways so we can all get a seat in the morning? I can tell this person is from Europe. Because the railways are a constant mm-hmm. bother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an Irishman. His website actually is a really cool website. I haven't mm-hmm. been to the website. I like the URL. Mm-hmm. Whiteheadirishman.com. Whiteheadirishman. It might as well just be called everyirishman.com. <laughs> <laughs> Everyolderirishman.com. <laughs> right, and the final question you should ask to find out if your co-worker is an alien. Right. What do they think of their salary? 
A final, very easy test to carry out is to bring up the subject of a pay rise. I'm such an idiot. I mean, what does celery have to do with this? <laughs> you were thinking the vegetables? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about pay. Right. Here, Luke. Being paid in salary. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if when you bring up the subject of a pay rise, if they think that they are already paid enough, then whacking them over the head with the printer is not only acceptable, but actively encouraged. It may seem extreme now, but it won't seem so when they are harvesting your organs, then heating them up in the office microwave. Yep. <laughs> I, I can I can imagine it now. Like you're lying there on the slab and they're harvesting you and you just go, I knew it! I, I knew it! it. <laughs> you should have whacked you on the head when I had the chance. <laughs> the fish was a dead giveaway. <laughs> Maybe they'll, you know, heat you up with some fish so you'll be extra stinky. Mm. Maybe that's the only sense that aliens have. They can only smell. Maybe they can only smell when it's really stinky. Oh, they might not be able idea. to smell any of the normal smells that yeah. we can smell. So I've got I've got a, a, a few things. Mm-mm. Before I forget, because oh, I've yes. just forgotten for the last 36 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, went to the Lions Bookshop at the <gasps> showgrounds yes. in the weekend. Really nice place. Which opened in general. Yeah. It opened very, very recently. That many weeks ago. Go buy some books. Yeah. So really nice. It's open Friday, Saturday and Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. Um, Good quality books there as well. Like they didn't, I was wondering if they'd have some of them not so good ones that you see at their book sale, but they're all really good quality. Um, Nicely set out, nice chilled out. Some were there, people were there if you wanted to ask for Mm -hmm. something in particular, but they kind of let you just browse. At no point did I think they're trying to rush me out of there while I'm going yeah. back into a room for the second there time is, there is no bigger put off than hi can i help you yeah or the when you've been there for not that long they go oh are you having trouble finding something it's like mm-hmm. literally just got here so now they did yeah. really good i liked it <laughs> you're essentially a library that i give money to leave yes. me alone yeah let I'm, me I'm just looking. chill i'm browsing yeah the more you want me to spend the longer you'll leave me to browse i'm just browsing is actually a really good response to it's got that perfect level of passive aggressive and go away yes because you just say just browsing it immediately sends the signal go away leave me alone don't need your help don't need your help i'm fine i did love at the counter that you know you pay at they had one of those keep calm signs that says keep calm i'm still learning i was like (laughs) oh i like that I used to have one of those uh, signs that was, you know, personalised, and it would yeah. say "Luke's parking only." Oh no! Yeah, that was quite neat. Don't think I've ever had one of those signs. I do have a hoodie that says "Keep calm and don't blink," oh, with a picture of a weeping right. angel, which does freak me out a little when I look down because I can see it, and it's like ah. <laughs> Pass by yeah. mirror. <laughs> yeah. Delightful little gift from my father. <clears throat> Excellent. <laughs> I know. Anyway, you have stuff. <clears throat> so, I love. As, as we've discussed before, we love language and the application of language. And we go, we go into a little bit about philosophy every now and then. We do, because philosophy is kind of fun. And, and it's, it's got such a heavy root in language. Socrates, mm. I was about to say... They used to always call them Socrates. Socrates. Uh, no, that's what they say on Crate Day. Whoa, that's Socrates, dude. <laughs> uh, I was about to say Mephistopheles. Anyone ending with Lees. Yeah. So this is called the shopping cart theory. The shopping cart theory. Obviously it has roots in America because we call them trolleys. They call them shopping carts. 
I'm thinking about that one. <laughs> what do you call them? I'm trying to think. I guess I don't know. That's something interesting, actually, about uh, our slang, Australians as well. Anything that ends with uh, ed, it means that you've you're really drunk. Trolleyed, smashed, yes. tabled, chaired, microphoned. You would. It's like it's a shibboleth. It's like you, you say something like trolleyed and you immediately go, ah, I know exactly You're what that drunk. means. Yes. <laughs> so the shopping cart theory goes as follows. The shopping cart is the ultimate litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing. Uh, the po- Which is this post that mm-hmm. got uh, put up online. To return the shopping cart is an easy, convenient task and one which we all recognise as the correct, appropriate thing to do. To return the shopping cart is objectively right. There are no situations other than dire emergencies in which a person is not able to return their cart. Simultaneously, it is not illegal to abandon your cart, which is true. Therefore, the shopping cart presents itself as the apex example of whether a person will do what is right without being forced to do it. No one will punish you for not returning the shopping cart. No one will fine you, kill you, or anything else for not returning the shopping cart. Technically, if you take it off the premise in New Zealand, you can be fined. Yes. Uh, But you gain nothing by returning the shopping cart. No. You must return the shopping cart out of the goodness of your own heart. You must return the shopping cart because it's the right thing to do. Because it is correct. A person who is unable to do this is no better than an animal. An absolute savage who can only be made to do what is right by threatening them with a law and the force that stands behind it. I feel like someone who can take the shopping cart away and not return it is slightly better than an animal because an animal couldn't take it away in the first place. (laughs) Uh, And they, they finish off by saying the shopping cart is what determines whether a person is a good or bad member of society. Wow. What about, okay. Yep. So you know how we've got the big shopping trolleys and the little ones? Yes. I do call them trolleys, apparently. Yep. Um, and there's normally two different places to return. If one is full of all big ones and one is full of all little ones and you put your little one in the big one, <laughs> just because, does that make you a good person? Because You're you a terrible it. person if you do that. Because having worked at a supermarket <laughs> and having had to do trolleys, it is the most infuriating thing. It is genuinely... I hated it when that happened more than finding trolleys scattered across the car Yeah, because you, you have to... It's more effort to undo. It, it is not much, but it's just... I'm already working here. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give me more work. It's right. There's two versions. So the two versions of me, one does that, mm-hmm. and the other one goes, oh, someone's put them all in wrong, so I shuffle them all and make them right. It's like... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the I still do that when I'm at a supermarket. If I'm just, I just zone out. My brain, I just go, it's a play the window shutdown sound. I'm just standing there and I start moving things around and just like, that's in the wrong place. That's in the wrong. And I haven't worked in a supermarket since 2011. I do that whenever I'm in a library. If I'm looking at books, I just start fronting up all the books and it's like, oh, and then this one's in the wrong place. And it's like, I'm not even working here, but there's this whole, you can see where I've been because it's all like nicely fronted and anything obviously wrong has been taken out. I haven't worked in a library for a while. Oh, yep. <laughs> Can't help it. So there's uh, yeah, there's these other stuff that I've uh, that I've been sort of collecting stuff mm. for. Something that I saw today. Uh, professional support for early literacy is coming in twenty twenty one. 
professional what does it mean uh this is found on literacyonline.tki.org.nz it's called the better start literacy approach te arareo matatini it will be in quoted from them of course Integrated classroom literacy program for year zero to one classrooms to support children's early reading, writing, and oral language success. I like it. That's a good idea. Uh, yep. It's been delivered by the University of Canterbury. Mm-hmm. They will be offering engagement with the children's family. Big, important yeah. step there. Not you just, need buy-in from the family right, at their age. There's a reason that parents say, what did you do at school today? They actually want to know so they can be involved. Yep. And so if the kids aren't doing it, get the parents and the educators to connect and then pull the child yeah. in as well. Also, if the child's really interested but the parents don't know because they can't explain it very well or whatever, mm-hmm. then they're not getting anything at home. That's Whereas right. if you educate the parents, yep. they'll be aware. Yeah, Teaching kids that education doesn't just have to be done at school, yep. super important lesson. That's what my grandmother taught me because she would be teaching me... She was essentially teaching me physics when I was just going to visit her. <laughs> I used to teach my... I'd have a classroom of teddy bears and mm-hmm. I'd teach them the interesting stuff from school. The interesting stuff? Yeah. Like what you had for lunch? No, they did a lot of math and a lot of reading. We had a marketplace at school, at primary nice. school. Nice. We, we, we had worked out our own economy <laughs> of... Uh, of foods and drinks yep. that were worth certain things. So you've got, you know, you're, red, you're ready salted. Yep. Although, as a kid, and I still say it to this day, ready salted, did you ever do that? Nope. For some reason, and I don't know why, as a kid, my sister and I, she'll probably deny this, but we both did it, we would call it ready salted. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no basis of fact of why we ever did that. I know or why we would ever do yeah, that. Yeah, why would you do that? I do know when we were kids, me and my brother, because mum didn't like us using not just swear words, but any like bad word. Mm-hmm. So we invented one because it took mum a lot longer to cotton on. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it occasionally still comes out now. We're like, what? Where'd that come from? <sighs> it's like, no, oh, well, we'll just keep going with it. <laughs> oh. is it. Is it vulgar enough to not be able to say here? Uh, no, it's like totally innocent. It's nib. 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 Yeah, don't know where it came from. It's just what we'd say when things like, instead of swearing yeah. or saying the, you know, kid naughty words, yeah. you'd be like, oh, nib. Oh, you nibbing little. <laughs> yeah. And every so often now, it still comes out between me and my brother. And we're that just could like, be huh. the, That could be the new trolley. Oh, me and the boys went out last night and got absolutely nibbed. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep inventing words. <laughs> it's a neologism. Woo! <laughs> uh, when I publish my dictionary, I'll make sure to put it in there. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, so the um, more information about this is that uh, along with the in, uh, engagement with the children's family, assessments focusing on critical early skills, which are already known to influence reading success, mm-hmm. such as letter of sound knowledge, mm-hmm. phonological awareness, which I looked it up just to make sure that I had it right, um, yay for corrections, uh, which is the capability to break words down into syllables and sounds. Oh, yeah. So you, mu- you may remember doing it with your own kids, or yeah. your parents doing it to sound you saying, it out. sound it out, break it down. Yeah. Yeah. That's phonological awareness. The only time it doesn't work is when you're trying to spell something, because you, spelling how you say it is not often how it's spelled. Spatial. 
Yes. <laughs> Stupid spatial. Uh, there is also, they will also be supporting oral language, word reading and spelling and you get the gist of it. That's really all cool all though. Um, ironically, <laughs> I found a bunch of typos on the website. <laughs> Um, but the website is betterstartapproach.com, which leads me to believe that, uh, that uh, because I just finished the notes before I came here, yep. uh, which leads me to believe that with the .com means that it's all over the world, it's done in yeah. multiple places, but 2021, New Zealand We're is going to have a a, this introduced, which I'm very, very excited about. I think that's really cool. <clears throat> I hope that it shows improvement so that they keep doing it. Mm. I have a question. If Jesus came back... During modern times, yep. do you think he'd just go back to being a carpenter? Did he actually do any proper work? I don't know. Because I, I thought, like, you don't really hear about him going to build this house or this bunch of cabinets yeah. or anything. Well, he was apparently a carpenter. I feel like he'd be really, really good at it because you know how people are always, like, missing the nail? He probably <laughs> has his hands, like, across here and just... <laughs> Surely it's healed by now. It's been a few years. Oh, I don't know. I feel like there's a, symbology is such a big thing. But if he came back as a baby, I mean, who's going to believe a girl now? Going, oh, you know, I haven't had sex. <laughs> no, there would be people who'd believe it. Mm. There'd be people who believe it. There's a girl in my town that tried to claim that. Oh goodness. <laughs> no one really believed it. Well, I mean, she's a little not all there to start. Well, I say that she actually probably was. Um, she's from a rather religious family, so I think that's why she tried to claim it. Right. Yeah. Okay. One of the things that I saw is by the same guy who did uh, the video on um, Galmana Amnesia and Shibboleth. He talked about The Network. The Network. Super interesting video. The Network uh, on YouTube. Look up The Network. Matt Colville. What is really The Network so referring to? This is, this is talking about... Um, so you know how there's always you go oh there, oh there always seems to be someone playing this yeah there's always people watching this Big Bang Theory there oh, are yeah. there are so many people that say it's the worst show it's abhorrent yeah, but you can't turn it off when it starts um, and the but even though they say it's the worst show ever no one watches it you would think. But that the existence of a very large group of people who do watch it would negate that claim. Yeah. So this is, he talked about, because his uh, his channel very much deals in gaming, everyone must know by now, World of Warcraft. Yeah. So you think, okay, so you and nine of your friends, there's ten of you going to play World of Warcraft together. I'm impressed I have ten friends. But then... <laughs> But then you and two of your friends, three of you, decide, oh, there's this, there's this other massive multiplayer online role-playing game that's really good, and we're going to go and play that. And so there's three of you now that are, that are playing that. But now you're like, well, well, we still want to play with our friends. And so you go to your friends, and they say, nah, we're, we're fine. We've already uh, invested in this. And so that means that now, if you want to play with your seven friends you have to go back you have to go to them because there's more of them and it was it's just a great video exploring that so by that point if you could like swish another three over your way it would be six to they four then they would bring absolutely them to... correct and that that it i does believe actually make kind of sense it's it's what i believe is the theory the theory behind the network because it's Networks of people. I was going to say, I 
I don't know if I'd agree with it from my experience because I normally find there's kind of like the de facto leader of every group mm. and if that one person, whichever one that's doing, that's where the majority right. of people go. So if you could get that one person to leave World of Warcraft and come over, then everyone else would just And that's switch. that's sort of how it goes. With, with things uh, such as Big Bang Theory, mm. there's so many people watching it. You're... At this point, you're not going to stop. You're not going to tank that show. You're not, no. There's there's so many people playing now, World of Warcraft as well. There's so many people playing that, and there's so many people watching Big Bang Theory, that you would need to get an absurd amount of people to come and watch something else. Yeah. Uh, And, yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting video. He puts it much more eloquently than I. It's an interesting thing to look at, to talk about as well. People... Uh, statistics is something that a few friends of mine have studied because I they have. do find it very interesting. I like statistics. Uh, ratios and statistics. It's, um, and it certainly makes life interesting if you've studied statistics when you see people go, see oh, this poll says blah, blah, blah. And it's like, actually, it could be saying this. One and of the things... Yeah. me. One of the things that I'm very switched on to now, or at least I hope I, hope I am, because marketing is tricky. There are many Poles uh, that live in Poland, but there are also Poles... There are many Poles on the road as well. There are... footpaths, really. There are Poles with uh, with votes, and 70% mm. of people say this and that. But have you seen where they do that visual trick where, like, one is purple, one is yellow, and they make the 49% really tall? Yeah. And just... Uh, just a little bit shorter than the 51 to make it look um, in that sort of case it's fine but I've seen many polls that are oh 23% of people uh, said this and it's really high up and the what's that uh, 87% say this and it's only just a little bit Mm. taller than the 23% and I go oh you cheeky my um the it's greatest example I know is one of my old workplaces, I won't name which one, on the right. staff satisfaction survey. Oh. They released that only, I think it was like only 7% were greatly dissatisfied mm-hmm. with their job and the employer. And I thought, yeah. And everyone's like, oh my God, I didn't know that many people were happy. It's like, you're all forgetting the just dissatisfied column. Yes. They assumed because of the way it was written. And it turned out, I think it was like 57% mm. were dissatisfied, which is why they didn't say so many were happy it's like you guys are good statisticians i'll give you that yes yeah you just have to present it in the right way language and visuals are tricky things yeah if if the the right people uh with the you know if the right data gets into the wrong hands yeah you can do all sorts of stuff but it's it's interesting to look at this stuff to think about it is and to just like check wording when you see something and think yeah. if you think that's too good to be true or too good to believe yeah. kind of thing or wow didn't expect that yeah double check wording look at stuff a bit closer yeah last example uh, uh vaping versus smoking people mm. say oh vaping is healthier no 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 they it's haven't l- done the study it's less unhealthy than yeah. smoking and it's there's not also healthier no and, so, and there's also less long-term effects studies because it hasn't been around a but long time. But it doesn't time. mean that it's healthy, healthier because that's, no. the, that's the magic of language. You, you, they say healthier and you immediately associate that yeah. with being healthy. It's not it's quite not. that. It's no. very different. 
Anyway, that's all we've got time for today. Stay aware, everyone. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, go and, go and look up neologisms. Go and look up yep. network. Go have some fun, and we'll see you same time, same place next week on A Study in Literacy. We'll see you then. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.